Welcome to Resilient Minds 365, where we discuss the resilient stories of entrepreneurs, professionals, and students with mental illnesses to encourage you to strive, thrive, and live in abundance. I'm your host, Cleone Crawford. So today is another episode of Resilient Minds 365, and I'm your host, Cleone Crawford. Today we have a special guest with us. I'm looking forward to this interview. We have Kelly Poe. Kelly Poe is the founder and CEO of Black Millennials Mental Health, an organization that provides a safe online community events and services dedicated to the educational advancement of mental health and wellness for all Black inhabitants from the African diaspora. Miss Poe is also a mental health coach, originally from the Midwest and raised in the St. Louis metropolitan area in the United States, of course. After relocating to attend the Prairie View AM University, Houston became one of her her new home in 2017, where she earned her master's of science degree in human sciences. Ms. Poe has a passion for connecting generations through mental health awareness. With that said, I now present to you, Ms. Kelly Poe, yay. Thank you, thank you so much for having me today. I'm so blessed to be here. Awesome, awesome. So maybe Ms. Poe, can you tell, Kelly, can you tell us a little bit more about your profession? Tell us more about Black Millennials Mental Health. That sounds so exciting. I, yeah. I'm a member of it um, on Facebook and I love it. So I'd love to know, tell, tell our audience a little bit more about your organization, how you started, um, why you started and so forth. Awesome, thank you so much for that amazing introduction. Um, so, as she said, um, I'm originally from St. Louis, Missouri, um, and partially the Detroit, Michigan area as well. Um, and as many of you know, just kind of being from um, those areas, um, there's a lot of poverty, there's a lot of mental illness, there's a lot of um, just uh, violence within the Black communities um, in those areas. Um, so growing up within those areas, mental illness, um, giving back to my community, um, and just wanting to um, basically better um, our access to mental health services and education um, has always been a drive for me. Um, so it led to um, God allowing me to create this um, community, this foundation, um, and it started, it was founded last year. Um, previous to the, the pandemic, um, but it, it, I started planning um, around like in 2019, 2019. Uh, so it came about, um, like I said, um, I've definitely always been around uh, the Black community and just kind of seeing the, the lack of acknowledgement of mental illness. Um, the whole stigmas, like you have to be crazy in order to go get um, help or just to speak to someone outside of your family. Um, and so that's what really drove um, my passion for creating something that I did not see in my community and something that I did not see in the world um, that I felt like that was very, very, very needed. 
Um, so that started Black Millennials Mental Health um, and our tagline is connecting generations to mental health awareness. Um, and I think that that's a super, super important aspect of the organization um, because it highlights, you know, that it's not just millennials that are being affected by mental illness or the stigma that is reliant on, um, you know, just mental illness in the black community. It's been, you know, staring for a while now. Yes. Uh, it's, it's been generations, you know, just starting from, you know, our transition here, um, and our ancestors transitions here um, as slaves um, and just that lack of healing over time and it's being transitioned now from generation to generation. And you can see it through our families. You can see it through our aunts, our our mothers, um, our caregivers, um, extended family members as well. So um, that is the drive behind Black Millennials Mental Health. We are here to um, destigmatize de um, mental illness in the Black community and create that space where people can um, have that conversation and normalize um, making mental health a thing, <laughs> making it a priority within your family, within your community, um, and within your, your gang, your team, your friendships, um, and everything that comes along with that. Awesome, awesome. So tell us some more. So you started this back, when did you start? You started it in 2020 then. Yeah. But you, but you had it, but it was actually brewing since 2019. Correct, yes. And how many other people are a part of your team? Uh, so at the moment we have um, a team of a team member of about 10 people mm -hmm. um, and that includes um, brand ambassadors um, which are our faces of the organization um, they go out and uh, share mental health stories um, to just kind of let people know that they're not alone um, in this journey um, we also have um, a, a social media marketing person um, who um, just kind of helps us keep our uh, social carbon print together and um also we also have like models and uh, mental health ambassadors um, who also attend colleges programs conferences to present about mental health uh, topics on mental health um, that can range from depression anxiety um, in the lgbtqia community um, so many different topics to um, connect with others in the community and to um, branch off to let them know that Black Millennials Mental Health is in their community and we're here to help. Cool, cool, I love it, I love it. And um, so with your online community, um, what what are you, how many people do you serve so far? Um, so um, with our online community, um, we do have um, a couple of different platforms. Um, as you um, spoke about earlier, we do have the private um, Facebook group. Um, and that um, consists of almost about a thousand members right now. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, there is, of course, stipulations on joining the group. And, you know, it's very filtered to protect everyone's rights and um, just privacy. Um, as we always promised, um, as much as possible on the internet as well as possible. Um, we also have um, just a regular uh, Black Millennials Mental Health um, Facebook page um, that anyone is welcome to like, um, observe, comment, share. Um, and that serves about around 600 people um, around the world. 
Mm-hmm. Um, we also have um, an Instagram page that serves about um, around like 7,000 people, um, not 7,000, I'm sorry, uh, 17,000 people um, around the country as well. And we also have a Twitter account. So, mm. um, and besides that, our website is always open and always um, receiving new um, incoming faces and members. Um, just people that just want to check out the site to just see what Black Millennials Mental Health offers. So we're super, super grateful for everyone that um, is belongs in our communities that stops by and checks out just to share the word, um, to access the resources on there, um, or to even shop for the merchandise. So cool. I did notice that on your um on your site that people can book sessions is that is that like um with a mental health coach or is that with a psychotherapist yes so um black millennials mental health is a coaching and consulting um company um along with being just a community and nonprofit organization um so when uh you are able to book on the website that is with a mental health coach um but we do offer mental health consultations which basically um, helps us, helps you and us to figure out if coaching is kind of what you need, is the right fit for you, or if you will need um, just kind of more long-term services, which we can connect you with a therapist um, personally through our services. Um, And we also offer resources on the website um, that helps you find a therapist, um, like Therapy for Black Men, Therapy for Black Girls, um, and just different or black organizations that you can find um, a therapist that looks like you, um, whether that be whatever that looks like for you. Mm-hmm. So, so we do have those um, consultations and um, coaching sessions offered on the website for everyone. Um, and I would like to point out that it is one of the most affordable um, coaching sessions and mental health services um, offered. Um, around the United States um, in general. Um, and we do this because we do want to um, push that, um, that stigma, breaking that stigma against mental illness and just kind of being able to afford um, getting access to be able to just have, talk to someone um, mm-hmm. about just the many things that we struggle with in life every single day. Okay, awesome. I love it, love it. And, yeah. uh, Cool. So the next thing we're going to talk, we're going to go right into the interview, um, okay. about your mental health part. So what is your mental health diagnose and diagnosis and when were you diagnosed? Awesome. That's a great question. Um, so I personally don't have a mental health um, diagnosis, um, but I do have family members, um, close family members that suffer from major depression um, and bipolar disorder, um, and they have suffered um, with those disorders basically all their lives um, and most of them being around like 50 and 60 now mm-hmm. um, and it was also something that was passed down from their parents um, because they suffered from major depression uh, major depressive uh, disorder um, and I like to just kind of point out too in that in that same aspect that um, the generation before us and before us, <laughs> um, you know, mental, having a mental illness or, you know, just going seeking help, that wasn't a thing or, you know, that wasn't a thing that was really talked about within the family. 
Um, it was just most of the time something that, hey, we don't talk about that subject or grandma don't play about that. When you when you come when you come to our house, that just stays there, you know. So it was those kind of, you know, motions and um type of dynamics within the family. So um to now be in uh, 2020 or you know within the last 10 years to be able to be able to identify those different um diseases within the family and things that have trickled down throughout the generations um i say you know it's definitely an improvement um to society and you know we're going to be able to get get better as well as we go on okay so you said um from what i understand so you don't have a mental health t- challenge but no. people in your family have had them um, yeah. So it was your, was it your mother or is it, sorry, what was it, was it your grandmother or? My, uh, yes, my grandmother and some of my aunts. Uh, my mom, she has, uh, she does suffer from seasonal depression. Okay. Uh, seasonal but depression. my aunts suffer from like um, bipolar disorders, uh, major depression disorders as well. Yes. Okay family members so how was it like dealing with family members that had the mental health challenge how did it affect you with your relationship with them how you viewed them um and how you related to them most definitely that's a great question um so I would say um it definitely um affected uh, relationships while growing up um just not being um I guess my and aunts and sometimes my mom as well because of that seasonal depression just kind of not being always emotionally available mm-hmm. um, so you know so that kind of creates like you know an avenue where you have to find um another person you know to be emotionally available for you um and luckily I was blessed to have siblings <laughs> um but um, some of my cousins didn't have siblings um, and you know so they just kind of had to figure out how to navigate through that by themselves you know and most of them turned it you know just kind of isolation or you know just kind of found things um, hobbies like sports or um, art um, to to kind of just dive into so I kind of saw that um, play out for them in that way mm-hmm. um, and kind of hurt some of their social skills, I'll say. Um, and like I said, too, for me, just kind of not always having that emotional availability. It kind of, you know, it's like, okay, well, I have to, you know, connect with my sibling more um, and things like that. So it definitely um, affected social relationships. Um, it was, um, I guess, confusing to see when yeah. people talk about it. So it's like, um, like you're a kid. So you're like, I know something's going on. It's like, well, what is going on? What's happening? Mm-hmm. Um, so nobody's going to talk about it. Nobody's going to say, you know, and that's the uh, talk about the elephant in the room. So, um, you know, it was that type of environment at times. So, you know, having to navigate through that. And um, I will, you know, just acknowledge my mom, though, because she was definitely very open about uh, what she struggled with and why she struggled with it and how she, you know, cope with it. She liked to, she loves to exercise and like dive herself into work. Um, so, you know, so that was, that was, you know, her way of coping. And, um, I just, I'm, I'm grateful that she was able to be like transparent and, and communicate about it. But like I said, all of my, uh, aunts and uncles, they weren't, you know, at that point 
um, of getting like, I guess, like medication, like they, like they're on now and things like that to be able to help them better cope, um, with the, with the diseases and mental illnesses and things like that. So, yeah, that's a little bit, I guess. <laughs> okay. Okay. So would you say that, um, that with their episodes, were, were they triggered <laughs> by anything in particular? Was it, um, was it trauma that you, that, that they may have, that you may have learned about? Um, what triggered them and when did they decide to take medication? At what point did they decide that that was something that they wanted to do? Most definitely. Um, so some of the um, events, um, like I said, they were um, inherited by their parents. Um, so, you know, it, it could have been, you know, just kind of nature versus nurture um, or both in itself, um, just kind of developing as your body goes, because we all know so our body chemistry change <laughs> as, as life goes on. Uh, so things like that, um, having children, um, different financial struggles, um, being in, you know, just different e economic struggles as well as the economy goes up and down, um, things change. Um, and so that kind of led to uh, some of them just kind of going for help for themselves because they needed that, that, that extra help being parents um, and kind of just admitting that they couldn't do it alone. It was something going on. They didn't know what was going on. Nobody had ever talked about these symptoms or, you know, being able, having to feel this way and, you know, what actually do you do, you know, when you feel this way. So um, that kind of led to them, like I said, kind of going to get seeking help for themselves. Um, and not to this day, as we speak, um, they're still um, using this kind of minor medications on um, lower dosages um, and they're doing great. They're doing great. They have grandkids now. That's good. <laughs> so, so they have grandkids and, and have to, you know, just really be, they're, they're grateful to be active and to be able to think and to be able to be in the moment, if that makes sense. Right, right. No, that makes sense. That makes sense. So when your mother decided to take medication, was that something that was quite challenging for her? What were some of the drawbacks? What are some, some reasons why people choose? Maybe you can tell me why are some reasons why people choose not to take medication? Why do you think? <clears throat> okay, yes, great question. Um, so um, I think when my mom um, tried to start a medication, um, she was kind of open to it, I, I guess, maybe because of her, of her work environment. Uh -huh. um, they were supportive and stuff like that. So, um, you know, it wasn't like completely unheard of to her, you know, completely foreign. Um, and then, of course, um, she had us, her kids. So, you know, we just encouraged her to, <laughs> to do, you know, whatever makes her healthy, um, yeah. you know kids you know we just want to see you just want to see your mom happy and smile and stuff like that um so and it, it hers followed um like her parents death and things like that so um but my um uh, my uncles and uh aunts some of them now I won't say everybody was on board for medication right. um but the people that were um you know like I said they're doing great they're doing fine um and I will point out you know to with medication um, you have to understand that, you know, it's going to take about six months, um, 
to a year for some people, um, depending on your, you know, your mechanisms and how your body processes the, the drug. Um, it takes time for your body to normalize that, you know, to recognize it as, hey, this is something that's going to be coming normally this is this is my normal routine Mm -hmm. um so Mm -hmm. you know when doctors you know initially give you um those certain medications it may it definitely may feel funny sometimes like this is something new to your mind this is new to your body um so you know having to give it time to work um or time not to work you know whichever whichever works for you um but making sure that you are keeping track of that you know hey this happened this didn't happen. Um, and making sure that you are communicating with your physician, your mental health provider about what's going on with you. Um, and making sure that, you know, like I said, that you are giving these medications time to work uh, for you um, and, and, and giving that time space. So with that being said, um, I would say um, there's a lot of time that people uh, will reject taking medications. Um, and I believe that there's a lot, so many reasons behind that. Um, it could be historical reasons. Um, a lot of people do not support Westernized medicine um, due to just history of um, the Black, especially speaking to the, the BIPOC and the Black community of um, being tested on um, illegally, um, mm. just being given things, medications um, that are not truly the medications um, in the psych world, we call it placebo, Um, you know, just kind of collecting research on their own, just kind of creating this untrustworthy bond within the, uh, within the black community. So that's there. Um, And that's, that has to be acknowledged that can't be um, ignored when we're, when we're speaking about medication and, you know, trying these different, these different um, methods to treat mental illness. Um, there can also be just personal medical uh, pre preconditions um, that family members might have. Um, for for example, diabetes, um, hypertension, um, COPD. Um, there's there's many things you know that we that we carry uh, within you know just kind of our bloodlines um, that could trigger some of these different medications and create an off, um, off verse, you know, outcome. So that's valid. Um, I, and I'll speak to, um, just a personal experience. It didn't, it, it wasn't, uh, actually it was. So one of my, uh, God sisters was, uh, diagnosed with bipolar disorder. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she was given medication. She was prescribed medication. I'm not for sure the medication because I was a little younger, but I, I promise y'all I'm gonna dig into that just to make sure. Um, but she was prescribed some medication and come to find out it was the wrong medication that she was prescribed for bipolar two oh, to be specific. Right. Um, bipolar two and it ended up creating Stevenson's disease. Stevenson's disease is a disease where your organs basically um, inflame inside of you and basically burn your body. Um, so my sister passed away some years ago, um, rest her soul, um, to Stevenson's disease due to mental illness. So that's just another, another, you know, just fuel to the fire. Yeah. Um, 
behind my behind my drive. Um, that's why I, that's why I said it. It just runs with deep within, you know, just my family and things like that. And I've been fortunate enough to be able to just be um, introduced and exposed to mental health, um, just uh, coping skills, therapists, support systems. Like I've been very very blessed um, along the way to not have to, you know, suffer through um, these such mental illnesses um but like i said we all go through financial struggles we all go through um loss of loved ones and that definitely creates anxiety that creates sadness that creates a depression so um no i haven't been diagnosed with a mental illness but um i do you know go through different emotions um that requires me to make sure I'm seeing my therapist. I keep my therapist on retainer. I keep them, keep the coaches and your therapist on retainers. Um, but, you know, I see them, see my coaches, see my therapist. I see my mentors, my support systems, those types of things. So, you know, um, even with, with or without being diagnosed, those things are important to your life and to your mental health and how you grow and how you take care of yourself every single day. Right. That's good. That's good. Keep your therapist and your coaches on retainer. Love it. And your lawyer. But, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Indeed. And your lawyer, of course. Of course. (laughs) So um, let's talk about, let's talk about therapy. Let's talk about therapy. What are your thoughts on therapy? Why should people why do you think it's important that people should get therapy? Why do you think people in the black community do not like therapy? <laughs> uh, what are your thoughts? Yeah. Most definitely. Um, so I think that um, it, it takes me back to um, being in my master's program, a training program. Um, and we had to actually write a paper about this and have a debate about it, um, whether mandatory well therapy sessions should be mandatory uh for the students within the program or or vice versa um and of course i stood for it um and with with the understanding and with the respect of everybody having their boundaries and everybody having their reasons to want to um approach therapy when they want to because everybody may not be ready excuse me out (laughs) sorry um everybody may not be ready at the time and it's not good to force people to you know be in that position if they're not ready and I do believe that um but I do believe that um if you're going to be a therapist if you're going to coach people um it's wise that you are in that position in that vulnerable position um to feel what the client is feeling like Um, to be able to relate to them um, because it's not an easy thing to do it's not an easy thing to you know be whether it's telehealth or being in someone's office um, face to face um, or in your home um, because some some therapists go in home Um, it's not easy for a client or for you you know to just kind of be yourself, take off all the layers of your clothing um, mm-hmm. and just kind of be and show up as you unapologetically. So it's not easy. And then not only that, but you got to explore some things um, about your childhood, you know, about some things that may have been Sorry. just kind of generally passed down through you. So, um, you know, that requires a level of vulnerability, uh, a level of strength, um, a level of just being able to be ready um, to be open 
So um, I definitely applaud anyone who has went to therapy, um, is thinking about therapy, is um, helping someone else to get to therapy um, or coaching. Uh, to be able to, you know, just talk to someone outside of the family. Traditionally, it's not um, okay, you know, I guess to talk to someone outside of your household or outside of your um, religious um, beliefs, whether that be, you know, whatever that is, a church, a, a, sermon, um, a pope, or, um, you know, whatever that may look like for you. Mm-hmm. Um it's not traditionally like, okay, you know, or, or your friends. So, um, that's, you know, that's definitely could be one of the reasons why, um, you know, the black community is not so go on um, therapy. Um, and, you know, I, I think that times are changing as well now. Um, even, even in, you know, pop culture, um, things are changing, um, in mental health and therapy sessions are definitely being more promoted uh, to take care of yourself. Um, you know, not having to be the strong black woman or strong black man. Um, and that's important. So I, you know, I, I definitely understand the dynamics of, you know, the hesitation to go into therapy um, traditionally. Um, but I would just like to put in there and, and encourage you guys that it, it is looking different now. Uh, there are more people that look like us um, that are coaches and therapists um, that are here and willing to make this change um, and just creating and people that are creating safe spaces just like you um, to be able to, you know, be open and talk about these experiences uh, with other people to let them know that they're not alone. Yes. You um, think that, you know, different things have come along just kind of in the past, um, as far as like, you know, um, being able to have to uh, mandatory reporting. So we do have to report um, about uh, childhood abuse or um, elder abuse. Um, so things like that. And I think some things have been misconstrued um, over in the past um, with people and that kind of ran people away, um, kind of turned people off from it. Um, also, you know, just kind of how it used to look in the past. Um, it always used to be, you know, the traditional um, uh, white American man um, that's doing therapy. But we're shaking it up now, y'all. Like, it's not just, um, it's just not them anymore. You know, it's it's all of us. Um, BIPOC community. Right. It's not the same. It's not the same image of um, people. It's um, We have a multicultural group of people yeah. who are um, representing um, mental health now. Yes, we do. Everywhere, everywhere, y'all. So, you know, you don't have to feel like, hey, you know, this is this is weird. This is, I know everybody likes to use that word now. That's some weirdo stuff. <laughs> so, no, it's not weirdo stuff. We are going through, we are going through this struggle together. I was, I'm literally in Houston and we just endured a winter storm where we had to go without electricity and um, water for days. Um, mm-hmm. So, talk about mental health you know what I mean you can't focus on your mental health when your basic needs are not met and that's something that I acknowledge and I understand um and so let us meet you where you are so yeah awesome awesome so what did you have what would you recommend to others who are living with mental health challenges that 
things that they can do to overcome or bounce back from their low points. List all the resources that you can think of. Most definitely. Um, so a couple of things that I'll say um, for people that are struggling with mental illness and maybe at the lowest points of their life, um, I will say that um, if you're listening to this, just understand and know that you are not alone. Um, and we are definitely here. Black Millennials Mental Health is here um, to help you at your lowest points. Um, with that being said, we can be your one of your support systems. Support systems are super important um, when you are struggling with mental illness and just in general um, to make sure that you have a solid support system. People that can um, help you and connect you to different services um, of your life, um, services that you might be needing, um, different, and whether that be like um, a religious uh, leader that you have or anything like that, make it fit for you. Um, so using your mental health resources, you're not alone um, and making sure that you um, are not afraid to ask for help. Um, I understand, you know, it's, it's not a easy thing to do. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, it's not a, um, I guess, a familiar thing within our communities to be able to reach out and ask for help. Um, but it's a different day. It's a different time. And yes. you have to put you um, regardless to what's going on around you. Um, choose you. Choose you every single time. Um, and go ahead and ask for help, whether that be in your local communities, whether you're Googling, um, whether you're going on um, www.bmmh.org and you're clicking on those um, resources. We have resources for teens that may be thinking about suicide, who may be thinking about running away. Um, we have social resources. We have uh, suicide prevention resource, resources and coaching resources. So make sure that you are definitely asking for help when you need it. Um, and not just kind of like letting it go away, like thinking that it will go away and that it won't happen again because it will pop up in your life somewhere. True, very true, very true. Okay. And so what words of hope can you give to our <laughs> listeners? What would you tell them um, for people who are listening and they are struggling with a mental health challenge? Yes, most definitely. Um, first, I would like to thank them for tuning in um, and just kind of listening to this conversation, um, even um, if you're not feeling at your best, even if you're not feeling um, the most encouraged, um, I want to let you know that you are enough. Um, you are enough the way you show up every single day. Um, you're enough at the single moment right now, even if you're not feeling at your best. Um, mental illness is definitely a journey it's no destination it's no date that you can kind of put on it like <laughs> and just say hey I'm going to be better this day it's a journey it's a roller coaster it goes up some days it goes down some days um but it you um you choosing yourself every single day and allowing yourself to believe that you are enough um it, it creates that space for you to grow and to heal um you know just from the past things that you may have been going through Mm -hmm. or that you're going through right now um because we definitely are going through still going through a pandemic even though you know there are um, vaccines out um there are a lot of people that lost their jobs a lot of people that lost a lot of family members um it's a lot of trauma um and i just want to encourage you to c 
come on to Black Millennials Mental Health or you're surrounding local mental health physicians um, to get some help. Just be able to let it out, be able to talk to someone because trauma is held within your body. You have to you have to deal with it. You have to heal it. You have to manage it. Learn how to cope with it. And we're not trying to. And that's one thing about therapy too. I'll say that our goal is not to keep you for three to five years. We're not trying to do that. Our goal is to help you become independent and to learn how to cope and manage yourself and manage your emotions and manage your behaviors um, to be able to become a better person, become better you in this world, whatever that looks like to you. Um, so I just want to say that to go ahead and further destigmatize therapy and coaching. It's not a it's not a, a long-term thing. And I, I will say some people do require long-term um, care and that's cool. That's okay. Mm-hmm. Life life changes every single day. We deal with a new a new struggle and a, a new trial and a tribulation every single day. Exactly. Every single day. So do what works for you but don't be afraid to reach out and just try something new what do you have to lose exactly what do you have to lose so we're going to switch up the interview now we are going to talk about music therapy as you can see behind me there's a book yes that says the music of my life and that's basically about my journey my personal journey with mental health and music therapy and um so with that said i always ask this question um, what type of music do you like? Awesome. Um, so I like um, all music, basically. <laughs> You're eclectic, <laughs> like, like me. <laughs> yeah, I love music that feels good to my soul and to my spirit. Um, so, you know, a lot of music is ranging from R&B, ranging from jazz, um, whether it be soul, whether it be hip-hop, whether it be pop um country whether it be um just instrumentals um um african beats just different things um i love like i said i love anything that kind of makes my body and my mind feel good that's good okay okay so with that said i'll ask you if you were to think of a song that best describes your journey what would it be and why um that's a great question um so there's a lot of songs that come to mind, <laughs> but I'll pick, I'll choose one. Um, so there's a gospel song um, that is uh, really popular here in the United States. Um, and it's called, it, well, it goes, it says, um, no one told me that the road would be easy. And I don't believe he brought me this far to leave me. So I- Yes. Yes. That Mary, is. Mary. Yes. And, yes. That, and there's a lot yeah, of different, different versions. Different versions I, like, right. I like the, the different versions too, but Mary, Mary is legendary. Um, I'm singing that. Um, I listened to them growing up. So that, um, I chose that song um, because um, I have definitely experienced a lot of trials and tribulations growing up um, and just being myself and always wanting to grow personally, mentally, emotionally, uh, and physically. Um, so always putting myself in positions to grow um, and to be introduced to new cultures and be around people. Um, and so I know that, um, you know, my faith and God has brought me um, through every situation. 
uh, despite you know the 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 ups and downs. So um, I know he's still with me, and I'm ready to see what else is in store. <laughs> All right, awesome, awesome. All right, so I guess that will lead me to my last question. How can we stay in touch with you? And what are your social media handles? Awesome, awesome. So I'm definitely inviting all you guys to stay in touch with me, um, whether that be in our private group on Facebook. Um, if you are needing a, it's a private community to um, just kind of relax, just kind of um, have a catharsis, emotional release, um, come on over. It's Black Millennial Mental Health. Um, and you will have, you, you will be screened um, to make sure that you, you know, you are there for what you say you are there for. Mm -hmm. um, and to make sure that you're respecting everybody else's rules um, and privacy. Um, but we do, we definitely invite you to come on over um, into a Facebook group. Uh, we also have a, a, just a general Facebook page that you can like and follow to keep up with us with all our events coming up. We also have um, a, I'm sorry, a Instagram page and a Twitter page. And all of them are the same handles, Black Millennials Mental Health. Um, make sure you spell millennials right. That's M I L L E N N I L. So make sure y'all spell right. And that's all of our handles. And please, 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 please check out our website www.bmmh.org. Um, there you'll find a lot, a lot of information. Um, including about our services, our mental health services, about joining our team um, as an employee. We offer a lot of different um, positions and we are hiring at the moment. Um, you'll find um, information about our community partners, um, Black Miss Cleona. Um, you can see that on our homepage and definitely a lot of more information about our clothing, our merchandise, yes. um, how we are being um, engaged in the community and uplifting our core principles and mission statements. So um, please, please, please come over and check it out. Membership is free. You can also sign up for our safe rewards program that you can earn free points every time you shop and just kind of stay connected with us. So definitely um, go ahead over, check, check on in with us at BMMH. And make sure you become a member to stay connected with us. Membership is free. Awesome. Thank you so very much, Kelly. This has been a really great interview. I really enjoyed talking with you today. And um, with that said, to all you resilient minds out there until next time, please subscribe to us on all our platforms. And don't forget to rate the show and leave a review for us on Apple Podcasts. Also, Join the community of Resilient Minds and sign up for our monthly newsletter at www.cleonycrawford.com. Be sure to grab a copy of my book, The Music of My Life, on all Amazon marketplaces to get to know me better. And if you can think of one person that will receive value from today's show or connect with Kelly's testimonial, please share it with them. Feel free to take a screenshot of this week's episode of the podcast and tag us on Instagram. You can tag myself at onlycleone or Resilient Minds 365 and today's guest at B Black Millennials Mental Health. Yes. Uh, and remember, mental health is not a death sentence. 
Despite your illness, you can strive, thrive, and live a life of abundance. Until next time, I'm Cleone Crawford, and I'm signing off. Oh, 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 oh,